Welcome to Movie Maniacs. Mike Rags and Chuck Curry discussing the greatest movies of all time and all the new films in theaters and streaming that you need to know about. Like us, rate us, share us. Now, here are your hosts, Mike Rags and Chuck Curry. All right, we're back with another edition of Movie Maniacs. Mike Rags with Chuck Curry talking about the greatest movies of all time in the pandemic world and well, this this today we're going to actually go back outside the pandemic world because this life was normal. Chuck and I got a ton of movie news to get to, including a oh boy, a oh boy, Chuck. They keep moving release dates on us and everything keeps getting pushed farther and farther away. Uh, first and foremost, my my good buddy, Chuck Curry. Uh, how are you? That, that, that was might be the faster, fastest introduction we've I'm done trying. in, in two, at least two years. I'm doing really good, Mike. How you doing? Uh, I'm doing okay. Uh, I'm a little concerned. Um, well, obviously the pandemic and we have a new president now. So things, things getting, trying to get some normalcy, but they keep moving. It feels a little days. bit like the last four years were a fever dream. No, it does. It does. Feels like we all woke up out of a day. Well, we, a little weird. It's a we, little, we don't know where the hell we are and what we're doing. And we can't go to the movies because they keep moving them on us. Now news came out this week. First, first off, that the next bond movie is going to get moved to October 8th. And now that's, that's over a year now, Chuck of waiting for this film to come out year and a half year and six months. Long time. I mean, what, well, it's been a few big ones. The first, the bond. And then you had uh, a quiet place Two now is in September, right? Yep. And then uh, there's another big one. And then talking about the um, black widow is going to, is going to be, it's going to be moved. Uh, what, I mean, what are we, what are we doing here, Chuck? Sooner or later, they're going to have to pull a HBO max and just get these movies out. Don't you think? I mean, we keep saying that they're not going to date. They're not going to be fine, but. Well, what do you think's going on? I tell you what I think's going on. Obviously the studios are talking to people, maybe people in the government or scientists. And they're saying, listen, this is, a, this is how we feel in our opinion that this is going to play out and that, yeah. you know, opening movies in April is not going to be, um, productive for, for uh, on a financial point of view because people are not going to go to movies in masses it's going to take some time people are going to have to get vaccinated and the rate people are getting vaccinated it certainly ain't going to be in the next three months where everything is even close to normal yet despite the fact a lot of people obviously are still contracting the coronavirus so between contraction and inoculation uh you would think that the cases in the next couple of months, two to three months, are all going to start to drop. They are mm-hmm. certainly going to start to drop. But I mean, think about it. You say to yourself in your mind's eye, and I would say the same question to the listening audience. When do you see yourself sitting in a theater elbow to elbow with a stranger? When? I, don't, I would say. At what, least what about in- the Tell me about the psychological aspect when I throw that question out to you. See, the question is, is different with me. It's going to be a personal preference, too. Like, I personally probably wouldn't have a problem going tomorrow if we were wearing masks sitting next to somebody. I Really? I OK. Yeah. You would. You wouldn't. You'd. I mean, you'd feel uncomfortable sitting next to a gentleman in, the, in a or a woman or a kid in a movie theater with a mask on. You wouldn't do it right next to them. Yeah. Yeah, I wouldn't do it. All right. So you don't go to restaurants. No, I do. So you don't go to the crew. You don't go to a shop. No, I need I, I, I this. Listen to me at this point. If if I if if the theater was 40 uh, percent occupied, I'd be fine. Not 100 percent. Well, I wouldn't go to a 100 percent movie theater anyway, because I'd have to have a seat. I'm not sitting in the front row. That's for sure. But you I just said elbow to elbow. Yeah, I, I listen. When I went to see Tenet, there was only one seat in between me and another person. And that was in the middle of the summer. I, I okay. don't know. 
I go to work. I, I'm standing right next to somebody who well, how do I know where he is all day? I, you know, I sooner or later, Chuck, we just got to. I mean, unfortunately, too many people have just moved on and deal with it and ignore it. Well, like I said to you last week, the restaurants here on the block I'm on and East Strasburg are pretty, very crowded. Well, you can't ignore it, but uh, it's definitely something that uh, you got to move on from it or you're just going to end up. Nothing's going to come out and you're not going go no, to go. These movies are going to shut down. You know, so the, que- the quest, that's the question is how long can they ride this out? How AMC's uh, and AMC, are they getting, I don't know. How are they going to ride this out? I don't know. I really don't. They and, said that uh, 200 million short of surviving in the next few months. How are they going to ride it out till October? I don't know. But when they do, I might buy stock in it. I'm, I'm, I'm thinking that their stock has to be at its lowest right now. So when I, when I feel it coming around, I, mm-hmm. I feel like I feel like should, I should be buying some of that. No. Could go belly up. Yeah. Um, well, uh, later on in the show, you know, there's no movies being released in January anywhere, really. But Chuck and I will go back and at least try to find some of the great movies that were released in January. And now January is not traditionally, Chuck, any kind of a boffo weekend any time ever when we were growing up at all. Um, but we're going to see if we can explore and try and find some hidden gems from the January release dates from the past three or four decades. That's coming up in a bit. Uh, I did get a chance to see a new movie um, one night in Miami. I want to talk about it in a second. But oh, cool. we did lose a couple of, um, well, uh, peripheral, uh, peripheral uh, movie, uh, recognizable faces in movies over the last few days. And one of them is Larry King. As we record this, um, this uh, show, Larry passed away in the early mornings of this of this Saturday. And, uh, you know, he did have a mark in, in movies. He would always pop up in, in movies as as himself. And yeah, tell me, and, what, OK, Larry King, what was the first movie that comes to mind? First that movie he I think of is is Contact. I remember him in that. He OK, Matthew McConaughey. Uh, for me, it's Ghostbusters. Ghostbusters. Yeah. 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 Um, and, you know, obviously he's got a big, you know, he was big in uh, pop culture. He, sure, he interviewed he, these absolutely. movie stars when they have a movie coming out. Uh, and, it, and listen, they, they liked him. He was uh, very, you know, very approachable. They felt comfortable. Uh, he was a good interviewer and uh, obviously made his mark in his medium and pop culture. Um, hats off to Larry King. It was a really good career. Yeah, it was. And he, he's definitely I like he hadn't really been doing much of late anyway. But yeah, uh, I say he was he, he aged. He was doing infomercials. 87 years old. I yeah. Mean, but it, in his prime, you know, for that CNN 9 to 10 p.m. time slot, you know, I, for me, a lot of I, I, I always put that on, always put that on. Yeah, I used to watch it all the time, especially when a famous celebrity would pass away. He'd be on and he would do a special show. And 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 he'd be the guy that'd be interviewing the families and stuff like that. And he always did a wonderful, wonderful job. There's no doubt about it. So he definitely missed. And uh, uh, Gregory Sierra passed away. And I say that name and not too many people would know who the hell that is, Chuck. But um, fans of Towering Inferno, like you and I are, uh, knows that uh, he he was in that as the bartender. And I he will was. say this, Chuck. I always uh, thought his death at the end was just like, why'd you do that? I was just going to say that out of all yeah. the disaster movies, his death scene that s- seems to be the most gratuitous and unnecessary. It, oh, completely. It was as if Irwin Allen realized, wait a minute, we don't have too many people dying in this movie. Somebody's got to pass away. Um, and then they have the statue fall on maybe the most likable, you know, ancillary yeah, character in the film. I agree. I agree. doesn't make any sense. It's very mean spirited. 
And and the the mayor dies, right? That's another one. The mayor dies. I don't know. I camera. What the hell happens to the? I don't know. That's a good question. Uh, But yeah, I uh, always uh, wondered when I first watched, like how how far was that fall? Yeah, I mean, where were they falling? (laughs) Did he fall out the building? Right. Did he fall out of the building or did he fall two feet down? Now, you do notice later on his wife is extremely upset. So you kind of get the 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 idea later on at, at you know at the uh, epilogue that she, he does die. But anyway, um, you know, Gregory, Gregory Sierra, yeah, Barney Miller, uh, a big role on that. And then he yes. pop up on a lot of TV shows, too. He did. He did. Uh, um, and he passed away as well. So I, I did want to recognize him um, real quick. And uh, of course, Chuck, uh, it goes without saying Larry King, uh, I, I would say media icon, right? Uh, that, hands down. That, that hands down. Um, yeah. All right, Chuck, I did get to see One Night in Miami, which was a very interesting film uh, debuted on uh, Amazon Prime. Um, and I believe in some theaters as well. Regina King of yes. Note is the director of this film. She does a wonderful job based on a stage play of uh, Muhammad Ali, Malcolm X, uh, Sam Cooke and James, Jim Brown all getting yeah. together one night in Miami and just kind of going over. This was supposed to be the night that Muhammad Ali, well, Cassius Clay decided he was going to change the nation of Islam and change his name. And and these four characters or real life people discuss the issues and discuss whether or not it makes any sense for him to do that. It was really, really done well. Um, very stagey at times. The dialogue, you could tell this was a stage play, but the performances are, are slam bang. Fantastic. Especially the young actor who plays Sam cook. Um, uh, really good job here by Regina King coming out of nowhere to do this her. film. Always liked her too. Yeah. And uh, she does a wonderful job. Well, here. She won an Oscar last year. So yeah, she did. And uh, she's uh, she handles herself real well behind the camera and, and the great performances. It's a, solid three-star uh, biopic of all these uh, and you wonder how true or any of the storyline is you know it, i'm sure they they used a lot of liberties to to, to tell the story but um i gotta tell you i was it's a really good night um of watching the film and and just seeing great performances and a good story be told uh over a good two hours here and there's some good music in it too um sam cook's music plays throughout uh the guy who plays muhammad ali has him dead on i mean he almost does him better than will smith did chuck um a bunch of no names in in the league in the lead uh, uh roles here but i gotta tell you i was really impressed and and kudos to her and if you need a good adult uh movie to watch um while the kids go to bed this is the one that you're going to want to watch it it'll take you back to a time um for sure uh, and and i ha- have to recommend one night in miami i really enjoyed it good and you have not seen anything, I'm sure. So we'll move on because, you know, uh, what you put on in the in the smoothie shop? Anything new? I know it's a new month. And, you know, you change anything up there. I'm still doing a, a well. Yeah, a little. Well, here's my lineup. It's been still I'm playing. Tell Wonder me the Woman lineup, 84. Chuck. <laughs> Wonder Woman 84. Batman Begins. I'm throwing in aliens. OK. We bought a zoo, which I do find very enjoyable. Yeah. And, and then uh, does anybody conk out when they order a smoothie when they're watching that in the, in the smoothie shop or no? They, they, they stay awake for we bought. No, they like they like my line of very much. Okay. All right. They do. All right, Chuck. Um, we'll move on here uh, with some other movie news. I got the release date of Wonka. You ready for it? Tell me. March 17th, 2023. Put it down oh in your calendar of the release date for the Charlie and the Chocolate Factory pre- prequel. It's, un- story it's, un- for- it's, it's just so unnecessary. It doesn't seem to make any sense whatsoever. No. Um, the whole lot, listen, the whole concept of Willy Wonka and the Chocolate Factory or Charlie, the bitches, the original novel yep. title is that when Wonka comes out, 
it's it's like who is this guy? Is fresh, right? If if they had a back, and one of the reasons Burton's version is not nearly as good as the original. Well, a flash, a because Burton directed it. Okay. Well, no, because yeah, he, well, B, he, he because Johnny Depp and him made a creative choice to have Depp play that role. Just so weird, and the look is just so bizarre, and that kills to me. That hurts the film badly. But the flashback sequences are just dumb. Yeah, like, you don't need to be doing that. Like that, I, I'll never understand why they need. And, and and I listen. I I don't know what the script is. I don't know what the storyline is. I, I it's it just feels unnecessary what they're doing here. Yeah, one of the writers of Saturday Night Live is writing it. Simon Rich, who does just do it did, again. Just do it again. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know, Chuck. Um, but we don't have to. We'll have to wait. Uh, we've got a, a, a quite some time. Two years before it comes out. You, you know, this is the fiftieth year of Willy Wonka. Came out in nineteen seventy one. So holy cow! How about cow. that? Also, yeah. got reports that Matt Damon is going to join Thor: Love and Thunder. Chuck, he will be in that movie. Now he was in one of them, right? Yeah, he was in a stage play of uh, of um, the one with Thor and the Hulk. Um, and uh, this one's being directed again by uh, the the what YTT guy, um, who's very good, by the way, is a director writer. He did the Jojo Rabbit movie too. Um, so he's going to do Thor: Love and Thunder again. Who knows when the hell that's going to come out? Um, and they do have a release date. I think they're starting. They're starting to film that. And production and starting, now, right? Right, yeah. and and and, and the production is underway on Spider-Man Three. And production's on the way for Extraction too. By the way, for Hemsworth, he's doing the 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 sequel to the popular Netflix movie. I wasn't a big fan of it. I, I didn't think it was anything that great either. And he's playing Hulk Hogan too, right? He's doing that movie right that, now. That I'm well. interested. In, yeah, yeah. He, he that's in the can. as, yeah. as to speak. Um, and I did see that Patrick Dempsey confirmed he's returning to uh, um, Enchanted, the sequel. It's called Disenchanted uh, yeah. with a Amy Adams, which is a Disney Plus movie. I'm a huge fan of that original. It's good to see yeah, him it's back. Good. Um, and, and what's really cool about this stuff is, you know, back in the day when they used to do stuff like this before streaming, you know, it would be a low level cast and people that schlock, look like them. Yeah, you know? schlock yeah. reduction. And with Disney, you know, Plus has got the money and the power to bring back all the original stars and do all the stuff right. It's, it's actually exciting. Some of the stuff's exciting. It is. I just want to see some of it yeah. eventually play in a movie theater. When James Marsden is going to be back. Same, Susan Sarandon's back, too. She played the, the, the evil witch and Adina Menzel, too. So, cool. I, yeah, I'm looking forward to that for sure. What else you got? You got some movie news for me? Did you see the trailer to the uh, CBS? Did we talk about the Equalizer? Yeah, well, we talked, we joked about it texting wise with. Uh, with well, I watched it. They, they, they cut a full trailer. Queen Latifah is going to play uh, the lead, a female oriented uh, McCall. I don't know what a Robin McCall she's yes, called instead right, of, uh, right. you know, uh, you had uh, Edward, Edward uh, Woodward, Woodward played him yeah. in the original 80s TV show on CBS. I'm a big fan of that show. And then. I love Denzel Washington uh, as Robin McCall in the two Equalizer movies. I got to tell you, after watching the trail, I, I, I will watch this. It's going to air after the Super Bowl. They're going to get a ton of eyeballs on this. It's going to get launched. And I think I said this last week. They wouldn't air it after the Super Bowl unless they thought the pilot was pretty good. So, yeah. And I, and I, I will like say her. this. I, I like her. I like her. I think, listen, I let's give it a chance. I, she I does think have this, presence on screen. She absolutely. Does. Yeah. And I will say this. I've always been a fan of Chris Noth. Um, way back in his Law and Order days, and I always thought he should be working more. And it's good to see him as uh, as kind of her partner. I guess he yeah. he gets her the job. Like an operator and, from her past, yeah, yeah. yeah. So uh, 
it's good to see him working again. Uh, yeah. Uh, again, I, the only thing I want to say, I thought where, where I thought the move, the Denzel Washington movies, I like both of them, but, but the big caveat, I always thought the TV show, the reason it worked well is because it never went big. He right. just helped people, regular right. people in the neighborhood, right? So yep. it stayed on an equal level to the viewer at home, sort of relatable. Where the movies, the, the, the intimate stuff is awesome, especially yeah. in the first film. And in the second film, the intimate stuff with his neighbors is so good. But they always they, they had to Turns go big. To they, had, they had to go big, big, big yeah. villain. Yeah. You don't need to with that no. concept. It works beautifully on a smaller scale. You don't have to go big scale. You just don't. Yeah, it almost became taken for Denzel Washington at that point. It did. But Denzel's it, awesome. All right. Anything else? You've got anything going on that we need to know about? I do. I, this is an interesting one. Tell this me week, something here, Chuck. What do you got? It, give me go. This, give me an interesting one. I'm going to relax. All right. This week in movie history, 1978, Columbia Pictures acquired the rights to the Broadway hit musical Annie for $9.5 million. Wow. Flash forward four years, 1982, they released Annie in theaters. Albert Frenney, Cabernet, Bernadette Peters, Tim Curry, and the little girl Aileen Quinn, who was the original Annie on Broadway, was the star, right? The movie did $6.7 million this opening weekend, went on to do $56 million in its theatrical run in the U.S. on a budget of $50 million. So technically, it, it lost money. It didn't make money because half goes to theater. So my point is, for every good idea, for every dice roll that studios make, doesn't mean it's going to work out the way they thought it would work. Now, over time, the movie's made money because it does have a fan base. It's... It's not a great movie. It's an okay. It, to me, it's an okay version. Yeah, it's good. Of Annie. I always felt this. This uh, Annie works just the best on stage. John Huston directed it. Uh, it was a high profile project. Albert Finney is uh, for the, for the, for the yeah. studio. It's a lot better than the version they did a few years ago with uh, Jamie Cameron Fox. Diaz and Jamie Fox. Yeah, I always liked. And I always enjoyed Carol Burnett as Miss Hannigan. I yeah, she she's did, good. She's really good in it. Um, yeah, you know that's the one I kind of grew up on. So yeah, I mean, I like it. It's not horrible. No, uh, no, it's not. No, it's not. It's just, you know, it's not it's not a childhood. It's not a it's not a classic though. You want to go back and and you'll see the likes of uh Amanda Peterson, Shawnee Smith, uh, I think Janet Jones. She's they're all the like young kids in the background. So if you want to watch it now, somewhat Janet uh, Jones, I didn't realize yeah, that. Yeah, somewhat uh, young stars who would do some moderate um uh, acting work later on, you'll notice all right, Chuck, let's do fast five real fast here. I'm going to give you the actor, actress. You tell me the first movie that pops into mind, and then we'll go back to January releases from from four decades ago and such and so forth. All right. First and foremost, Chuck, David Strathairn, who is uh, going to turn 72 this weekend. Um, great actor. Always good in everything he does. But I say David Strathairn, you think of? Uh, River Wild pops in my head. All right, good one. I, I think, like that movie. I think of We Are Marshall, uh, and I think yeah, of, he's really uh, damn good in that movie. He's really good in Scanners, uh, not Scanners, um, the <laughs> Scanners, the Sneakers. I thought as the blind one. He's a that. good actor. He's a real good actor. Of course, Good Night and Good Luck. He got nominated. You know what? We Are Marshall. Yeah, Love that movie. That's that's on uh, HBO Max too, by the way. Uh, Powerful movie. That's Powerful one movie. of those. That's one of those movies where. You could pop it in on a rainy afternoon and get a lot out of it. Yep. Matthew Fox really good in the two. And really Matthew McConaughey is showing people that he's not 
basically a moron in every movie. He's really good in that movie. Matthew uh, Fox, is that the only thing other than Lost that he's really done? Uh, That's his cameo like appearance in World War Z. I, I know. Something, something's up there. I don't know something's what it is. Something's up there. Yeah. Ernie Borgnine. I mean, obviously, Rogo. Um, Ernie would have been 104 this weekend. Wow. Chuck, uh, of course, you Marty- know, uh, beside beside the beside adventure, I remember my mother taking him a movie called um, Emperor of the North Pole with him and Lee Marvin. He was a, right. he was a, uh, a train conductor and Lee Marvin was a hobo when they battled it out. That's a really good movie. Yeah. Yeah. I remember. Uh, obviously, he's really good in the Dirty Dozen as well. And, uh, and, and of course, he's cabby in Escape from New York. Escape from New York. Ice Station Zebra. I remember him in that, too, with Rock. And of, co- and, and, and of course, uh, he, he went. Uh, he went. He went. He went, He lost his eyesight lost in his uh, eye, when yeah. time ran out. Yeah, red red button side. Was piece. he in? By, he was not in Beyond the Poseidon Adventure, though. No, he was not in the in the book. He is though. You know is that, it, right? Is, yes. In the it, novel, which which I don't want to spend too much time don't, on don't, Beyond yeah, the Poseidon Adventure. Yeah, spoiler alert here. But in uh, the novel, Rogo, Martin, and Manny go back into the Poseidon with the. Now, new, why would in the, the world crew. would they ever do that? <laughs> it, you have to be out of your mind. Exactly. After what they went through. Hey, let's go back in this. Let's let's no. Having said that, they couldn't do that in the, in the sequel because it was it was seven years after and uh, it wasn't yeah. going to happen. And, and and at that point, those guys had moved on. Um, yes, he was. Wasn't he in a was he in fire or city on fire? He was a fire. No, he fire. was a fire, which was a really good TV movie that was about a fire in the in the, in the woods. And and uh, yeah. and. um Erwin Allen, you know, Erwin Allen also did a movie called Flood with Robert Culp yeah, yeah. and uh, the guy from um, what was it? Uh, Emergency, I think. I like that. That was a good TV movie, too. Why are we talking about all this? Stuff? I don't know. Let's move on. Right. Uh, next actress. Uh, next is an actress, one of our favorites, and she's 55 years old. Diane Lane, who's been great. And I would say everything I've ever seen her in since the outsiders, when she was really young, really a perfect uh, storm I, pops in my head. Perfect. I, I she's of, really good in the perfect storm. I think streets of fire. She's she great. Goes back a too. long way, boy. Yeah. He goes um, back. Well, a long well way. of course, unfaithful is a really good movie too. With uh, yes, very good. Yeah, very good. Yeah. Really good movie. movie. How about, I mean, John hurt who would have been 81 this year. Um, he passed away a few years back. I mean, automatically I think of alien. Yeah, me too. Um, and, 1984. 19, and uh, Elephant Man, right? He's the Elephant Man. I mean, oh, yeah, he's unrecognizable yeah. as the Elephant Man, but he is in that. Really and good. He, and he is, a, speaking of contact, he's in that as well as the eccentric millionaire who builds a spaceship uh, as well. Somehow, uh, contact gets brought up a lot. Um, I don't know. By so, you. Yeah, I, something about that movie I like a lot. Uh, yeah. I'm not going to lie. And last but not least, um, he passed away a couple of years ago. A Rucker Howard, Chuck, would have been 77 the years old. The Hitcher, yeah, I, I, you know, I and think, and, and we know Nighthawks are really Nighthawks and Blade Runner too. Let's face it, he's a great yeah. villain in that, and he's in Batman Begins. He's got a he kind of a weasel role in that movie. He's got a weasel role, but a good payoff in that movie with uh, Morgan Freeman and him. Did I tell you I play Batman Begins at least once a day in my smoothie shop? No, you didn't. Is that I think is listen, that relevant it, at all? Yeah, it is. I, I'm going to tell you why because I, 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 I know this is is a lot of really good ones, but if you had to say to me. You could watch one superhero movie in a movie theater tomorrow. It would be Batman Begins. Uh, I would say the uh, the the last one um, for me. Dog uh, Night Rises. No, uh, yeah, well, the one with Bane. I'd watch yes. that one. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. That's oh, I just one. want to point out what we were, you know yesterday, which today is uh, 
the 23rd. But January 22nd, it was the anniversary of uh, the death of Heath, Heath Ledger. And he was, believe it or not, he was only 27 years old when he filmed yeah. that movie. Yeah, it's he hard died to at 28. Yeah. Uh, that's that's uh, still sad to this day yeah. to think about. Um, yeah, young men. All right, Chuck, here's what we're going to do. We're going to go back decades now and see if we can find some January movie releases that actually are either A, classics or B, memorable. All right, because let's face it, Januaries are usually a dead zone way back when we were growing up. Can we find movies that are classics or at least something that'll bring up a memory? I'm going to tell you the release dates of January. Now, these tell movies me- were, these were released in theaters, not streaming. Exactly. Um, okay. You tell me if there's a classic in there. Or if there's something, at least something worth talking about. All right. Here's the, we're going to go back to 1981. We're going to start there. Uh, 1980 really didn't have much uh, to, to release. But 1981 in January of that month, you tell me if something pops out. Scanners, Blood Beach, Incredible Shrinking Woman all come out in January. Do we have a yes, classic? Scan- I, I, scanners. Could you could all use Scanners is a horror classic. Uh, David Cronenberg. Yep. And uh I remember the advertisements for Blood Beach too, right? The movie wasn't great, but um, just when you thought you couldn't get to the water or something like that, and yeah. people were dying on the beach. And I, I, I like The Incredible Shrinking Woman, which is Joel Schumacher's one of his first movies. Yeah, you know, it's amazing how taglines could get people into a theater back in the day. It is They funny. did work. You um, know, all you needed was a good poster and a tagline, and you could get people in a movie theater. Well, I would tell you this. The opening weekend. Also in January that year, a movie called Earthbound came out, which is basically an E.T. ripoff. And I remember seeing it at the Stroud Mall. My dad, for some reason, decided we should go in and see this movie, which starred Burl Ives and Christopher Connolly. And this movie was god awful, Chuck. And I I, even as you still talk to your father, right? Even as an 11 year old, I'm like, why did my father decide this was the one we were going to go see? All right. Let's go to 1982. Chuck, you tell me if there's something good in there. You've got Shoot the Moon with Albert Finney. The Seduction with Morgan Fairchild, um, Vice Squad, and The Border uh, with Jack Nicholson. I don't Border's think an a- interesting movie. I remember seeing Vice Squad in a movie theater. Was that w- Wings Hauser? Is he in that? Yes, yes. Season Hubley as well. Yeah, I, I, I remember going. I remember the going. Those were that was like those movies were like they would never play in a movie theater now. No, unless it was maybe one one screen on Forty Second Street in Times Square, right? But anyway. Like it's it was like it, that was your daily that was your weekly dose of schlock yes. back in the day. Yeah. And it was speak- almost ne- it was almost necessary. Speaking of schlock, I do remember the seduction because Morgan Fairchild, she was a pretty hot actress at the time. It was an R rated film. Um, yeah, they, that- they, 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 they in, back in the day, they would use her. Joan Collins was yep. in, uh, yep. in, uh, in, in one of those movies that actually made money. They just marketed as if Joan Collins is anything that, you know, what anything. Yeah. yeah. I look in, in retrospect, but because uh, she was hot off Dynasty. Chuck, in 1982, uh, the January movies that get released, none of note. The House of Sorority Row uh, is released um, that day, a horror movie. But interesting, 3D was big at the time. I do remember seeing this at the theaters. Treasure of the Four Crowns would come out. And this was a couple of movies from an Italian director. They would release it in 3D. They would yeah. basically rip off a genre. This, in this case, it was Indiana Jones films, and they were just god awful. These are back in the yeah, day. I, me- I remember when that came out. Yeah, and they, he did a western called Coming at You as well. Um, this back in the day. These are wearing the green and red uh, 3D glasses. You think 3D was bad 
back in its renaissance a few years ago, it was really bad back in 1983. Yeah, it was a cheapo glasses. It's, it was just a gimmick. I still think it's a gimmick, but All right. it's, a, it's a technically it's a good gimmick, but I don't like the gimmick no more. 1984, we might have some something going here. We've got Angel. I remember seeing that. Hot Dog the Movie, somewhat of a comedy classic. Now, um, was Angel, was that Donna Wilkes or Betsy Russell? Uh, the Betsy Russell was the second one, I believe. Uh, I like Betsy Russell. Um, the uh, I, Broadway Danny Rose, which is a really okay. good Woody Allen movie. All the right. Lonely Guy with Steve Martin, which I enjoyed as well. So okay. there's some decent genre. I don't know. If we're on classic material there, although no, Hot Dog, it, the movie does have some cult it's still, appeal. It's still, it does. It does. And again, Angel was its weekly dose of schlock. Uh, let's go to January of 1985. A slasher movie that I don't remember called The Mutilator comes out. Anything there, Chuck? No, don't remember. How about uh, t- Tony Lobianco, Lobianco's directed horror movie, Too Scared to Scream? No. Don't remember. How about the uh, walking on the edge with uh, Robert Forster? Nope. A vigilante movie. All right. We're getting real bad here. Avenging Angel comes out. And that's the one Chuck wants to talk about with Betsy Russell as your star. Thank God they made that one. (laughs) (laughs) Well, later on in January, you would get the Falcon and the Snowman. Tough Turf comes out and Blood Simple comes out. Three really good movies. now, Now, Tough Turf has its B legacy. James Spader. And uh, Kim Richards, Kim Richards, Robert Downey's actually Robbie in Downey well. Jr. Yeah. in it too. 1986. There's a ton of movies here, Chuck, that are recognizable, and maybe even some might say some classics in there. Here we go. You got Black Moon Rising, which starred Tommy Lee Jones and Linda Hamilton. Clan of the Cave Bear, uh, the Daryl Hannah movie. Uh, Iron Eagle comes out January 17th of 1986. Becomes a huge hit. Um, you've got My Chauffeur. The Best of Times, one of my favorite Kurt Russell movies, Down and Out in Beverly Hills was a January 31st release. And that was a big hit. Big hit. And Youngblood comes out as well with uh, the hockey movie with uh, Rob Lowe. You also have Power come out with Gene Hackman and Richard Gere, too. Any classics in there, Chuck? I know about classics, but, uh, you know, when you bring up these titles, I I remember I I remember the box covers in a video store. A lot of them. Youngblood. I would say if there is a classic in there, some might argue Iron Eagle. I know there's a lot of fans of that movie, Chuck. Um, I would say The Best of Times is, to me, one of the funnier movies. Yeah, it's a good movie. Um, In 1987, boy, Richard Pryor couldn't get it right on the big screen. Critical Condition came out in 1987. The Bedroom Window, which was a thriller with Steve Gutenberg. Um, The Stepfather debuts in January of 1987. Yeah, that's a terrific movie. Yeah, that's a classic. I didn't see it in theaters. I remember seeing it on on video and I watched it numerous times. Uh, really good film. Really good film. Terry O'Quinn in a great role. Excellent. There. Excellent. Um, Radio Days, a Woody Allen movie comes out, which is decent. Outrageous Fortune came out in January of 1990. Good starring roles for Shelley Long and Bette Miller. That's a funny movie. And Alan Quartermain and the Lost City of Gold, Chuck. You want to spend a couple? What what, what they ripped that off of? Uh, I don't know, but Richard uh, Chamberlain. Now, listen, Alan Quartermain is a real novel, and um, don't you know? But it is a carbon copy of the Indian. Who was the female lead again? Sharon Stone. Oh, Sharon Stone. Okay. Yeah, and they made two, not one. They made two. Uh, January of 1988, you got Cop with James Woods, The Couch Trip, which starred uh, with Dan Aykroyd and Walter Matthau. Uh, Four Keeps, which John G. Abelson directed that with uh, Molly Ringwald in the lead role. Um, mm-hmm. And then you might consider this the classic of them all. Braddock, 
Mission in Action 3, Chuck, the third installment. Let me tell you about Chuck Norris. The thing about Chuck Norris, even then, some of his stuff was good. Some of it like this is just, you know, I actually I actually like churning it out. But he was he listen, Chuck Norris was good. He was a good presence. Yes. You could go along for the ride and anything he was in. Right. Yep. And. uh I, I thought was pop, it was a popular franchise. I actually enjoyed Braddock. I, it's, it's just a little different than the other two. And what about Cop, Chuck? I know you're a fan of early James Woods movies. That one just never clicked for him as a as a really troubled uh, detective in L.A. I do a lot. Listen, I do as an actor. I I I, thought, I always did like James Woods. He's a very interesting actor on screen. Uh, a very edgy guy. And uh, I, I do remember this film. I, I like this film. You know, getting back to. Um, Chuck Norris, just for a second. I remember seeing Silent Rage in a movie theater on yeah. his opening weekend with, with a packed house. And you, you could argue it's schlock. But, you know, it's Chuck Norris basically almost against a variation of Michael Myers. Yeah. And, and the movie was a blast. Yeah. I remember seeing Invasion USA on opening weekend. and I getting, saw them all. Yeah. Yeah. Chuck, let's go to January of 89. And, and now there's going to be a few here you're going to want me to stop. We'll start January 13th. Deep Star 6 comes out. Okay. Um, Gleaming the Cube, Christian Slater uh, skateboarding movie. The mm-hmm. January Man, which starred Kevin Klein as New York detective. I enjoy mm-hmm. that film. Yeah. And a real uh, a kind of a famous bomb comes out January 13th. The Experts gets released. That's where John Travolta met his wife, Kelly Preston. Yeah, and I think that one that barely was released in theaters, mostly released on DVDs. That was really the down period of his career, you know, getting back to deep star six, that was a year in 1989. You had three movies similar. The yep. biggest was obviously the abyss. The other was Le- Leviathan, which I actually like a, a lot as a B movie, uh, D- deep star six. It was, uh, I think directed and produced Sean by S. Sean Cunningham, Cunningham. Yeah. Right, who did Friday the 13th, not as good as, uh, the other two, even on a B level, but, but it did have an interesting cast. Nia um, peoples, I think was in it. Yep. And great cast. Uh, and BJ and the bear, Greg Evigan, one yes, of my he's two in dads. He's in it as yes. well. A great cast in the January man to the cast a little bit better than the film itself. But also in January of that year, Cohen and Tate with uh, Roy Scheider and Adam Baldwin as competing hitmen didn't Don't get much of a theatrical release yeah. for that physical evidence. We talked about that a couple of weeks ago with uh, Burt Reynolds, which is a quasi sequel uh, to the Glenn Close. And, and this was a this was a time where Burt Reynolds started to. He, yeah. he couldn't do anything right. He started everything. To fall every, off the rails. Everything he got involved in was just complete, critically drubbed misfire. Started this the was, bomb. Yeah, the cop and the half uh, ages of uh, of Burt Reynolds and Three Fugitives comes out too. Kind of a mismatch of Nick Nolte and Martin Short. Martin Short never really translated outside of the Three Amigos onto the big screen. He was good in the Father of the Bride movies. Yes, but yes. Vehicles was, yeah. like this. He did one with uh, Danny uh, Glover too, called Pure Luck. He just never clicked and became huge on the big screen. No. Chuck, let's go to uh, January of 1990. Henry, Portrait of a Serial Killer, a Great somewhat classic movie. performance. Yeah, yeah um, it was. Michael yeah. Rooker. Leatherface, Texas Chainsaw Massacre Part 3 comes out. I saw that in a theater. But uh, a definite classic comes out. And I'll throw in Everybody Wins, another Nick Nolte movie is out. Um, Ski Patrol comes out. But a definite classic comes out January 19th, 1990. And that's Tremors. Directed by Ron Underwood and Kevin I'm, Bacon and Fred Ward. I remember going to see it at the Kingsway in Brooklyn. It's opening weekend. And uh, I probably would wind up seeing it at least three more times in the theater. Fantastic movie. Just a lot and of fun it, to watch. And it still holds up beautifully. 
Another interesting movie in 1992 in January, Chuck, is Internal Affairs, the Michael Figgis directed movie. Um, never really clicked for me with Richard Gere and Andy Garcia. Interesting performances. Richard Gere's mm. a real heel in this. Yes. But it didn't really click with audiences either. I don't think Richard Gere playing heel works. Nah, probably not. Um, now, the next year, we had Ski Patrol that year. Ski School would come out in 1991. The, these movies are trying to, you know, it's winter. And they're trying to come off the success of Hot Dog, the movie. Um, they're not going to be very successful. Uh, Jean-Claude Van Damme's Lionheart comes out in 1991 of January. Not without my daughter, Sally Field, in a kidnapped thriller, uh, January 11th as well. You got Eve of Destruction, which had a great trailer with Gregory Hines about a, a somewhat android. Yeah, I me- you know, I remember that trailer. I was excited to see it, but the movie wasn't good. The movie was very bad. It um, was bad, yeah. White Fang comes out very early. Ethan Hawke movie, uh, a Disney movie. You've got uh, Flight of the Intruder, I guess, was the maybe the biggest release of that year. And that was a, the Vietnam movie with Danny Glover, Willem Dafoe and Brad Johnson in the lead there, Chuck. No classics in uh, January of 1992. Not without my daughter, though. Shelly, <laughs> Sally Field, I got to tell you <laughs> something else. Chuck, how about 1992? Do you remember the movie Cuffs? Christian Slater? Yeah. Did he talk back to the screen? Broke the yep. third wall? Yep. Third yeah. broke the th- third wall. It opened you know, we're going. Let me just say this. When, you, when you're rattling this stuff off, you're going back to a time still. This is pre-internet. Yep. And the way they got people into a theater is if you cut a good trailer, which most people saw in movie theaters, right? And you cut yep. it and you had a good poster and a good standee. You could get people into theaters on the opening weekend. Absolutely. You can. Uh, you could. And a, and a high concept, The Hand That Rocks the Cradle, came out January and that was a huge. That was a touchstone movie, Disney subsidiary, and it was a massive, massive hit. Yeah, it was a good movie, too. It was done well. Curtis Hansen directed it. Rebecca DuMornay is really good. Also, yeah. in January, you got uh, Free Jack, Chuck, with Emilio Estevez. Mick, Mick Jagger played the villain, and yeah, Anthony, well, Anthony Hopkins is in that, too. Yeah, uh, I don't know if it's good or not. but It was uh, high. It was high. Con- it's not very good. It was high concept. And it got people into theaters, at least for the first couple of weeks. How about Shining Through, the Michael Douglas World War II drama? Really um, more of a more of a Melanie Griffith movie of note. Uh, very early role for Liam Neeson in Shining Through, Chuck. Okay. Uh, a decent movie. Um, nothing decent, great. Yeah. No. January of 1993, we did get the debut of uh, Jennifer Aniston in Leprechaun, Chuck. But let's talk about this Warwick Davis um, series of movies that started in 1993. <laughs> An absolute joke of movies. I, I find them funny. They are. His line readings are funny. Yeah, he is funny. They are, he's sarcastic. Very Chucky-like. Oh, he, 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 they're funny. Um, I, and my favorite is uh, Leprechaun in the Hood. Oh, boy. <laughs> is that funny? Very funny. Also in January of 1993. Who would have thought, thought you go from Leprechaun, Leprechaun with Jennifer Aniston, and then you get the break on Friends and the rest yeah. is history, right? Yeah. Well, not only that, but he's Willow and now he's a leprechaun killing people. So it's hard to believe. Alive came out January of 1993. Really good movie. A, a close to classic movie directed by Frank Marshall. Really good. Um, Body of Evidence, which was highly controversial with Madonna in the star role there. Yeah. And the erotic thriller. Yeah. Um, one of Chuck's favorite Va- Van Damme movies comes out in 1993 of January. Chuck, you want to get gather a guess? I'll give you a hint. Rosanna Arquette. Yeah. It, uh, no way. No way to run. Right. Yeah, yeah. I like it. Listen, it's not a big action movie, 
but he's really appealing. He has nice chemistry with her. The, the fight scene when he gets even with the villain at the end is very satisfying. And uh, I, I thought Van Damme, the one thing he had, he was very likable. He was likable and um, he had a good connection with his audience. And this is a really good connection to his audience. And he, he gets to stretch out a little bit of his acting chops in, in, in this movie. It's not a big action movie, but I, I really did enjoy it. Uh, a couple other movies of note. Um, Aspen Extreme comes out too. Peter Berg starred in that. I thought that was a decent ski movie. Um, Sniper, which is the only movie I ever walked out of the theater on, Chuck. And Tom Berenger. I just okay. never understood why they thought me watching a movie of a sniper in Columbia would hold my interest for two hours. And somehow that they made about six of those movies, Chuck. Um, but maybe the best movie um, outside of Alive in 1993 in January. How about Matinee, directed by Joe Dante, starring John Goodman? That's yeah, it was a- good, and it, and it got really good reviews. I remember Siskel and Ebert raving about the film, and it got some good buzz, and people, it did all right. At the, I, I believe it wasn't a big hit, but it, it, it did it did a fun right. movie to watch, though. Fun movie to watch. It, re- it yeah. really is. Um, in 1994, The Air Up There would had Kevin Bacon go to Africa trying to find yeah. a next basketball star, directed by Starsky. Paul Michael Glazer. I yeah. you know those movies bring back memories because that you know in the, back in the day you know studios had to be they had to be creative they didn't want to spend the money they're spending now on film and they and they always looking for some sort of interesting concept to a movie and um, I, I remember when this one came out. Well, a little pink uh, peek behind the curtain here too. This is like 1994 is the heyday of Chuck and uh, Mike going to the movies and seeing these movies. A lot of these movies now I I have vivid memories of seeing with you um another movie came out that year is house party three david letterman made his debut in the chris elliott idiot movie cabin boy um iron will the disney movie about dogs um but uh body snatchers chuck comes out with uh gabriel amor can i can i tell a story about this abel ferrara is your director sure uh when it came out uh i was like excited to see it and then it was like okay it's not getting a lot of publicity and I remember it opening and it didn't open. Uh, it opened limited. Mm-hmm. And I went uh, I went with. Um, I don't remember who I went with. I believe I went with my wife and a couple other people. And I went to I might New have York been City. me, Chuck. I might have I, been there for that. We, one. We went to New York City. Uh, and then Trulio said it was scope. Right. I think yeah, we went to New York City and we watched it. And um, th- it was an interesting concept because it took place on a military facility. Yep. But the Meg Tilly line when she opens her mouth as the Donald Sutherland pointing thing. Ah, I, 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 I and I, I love that. And I remember buying it on Laserdisc. Yeah. And yeah. Um, I, I listen, I like almost every variation of that story. It's an interesting movie because he directed it and it, and it tweaks it differently. It has some good stuff in it, but it never got a wide release. Also, Car 54, Where Are You? comes out a bomb um, intersection yeah, a bomb. with uh, Richard Gere and Sharon Stone. Don't remember it. And Blink with Madeline Stowe as a blind witness to a murder. She was re- I liked her. I liked her a lot, too. Uh, but uh, Be- if we're beautiful go- woman, very beautiful woman, and a good not, actress, not a classic in the mix there, though, at all. January yeah. of 1995, you've got House Guests come out, which stars Phil Hartman and Sinbad, of all people. Yeah. Um, Higher Learning, which was the John Singleton controversial college movie. Yeah, I, I remember seeing it. It, it, it. It's 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 not a great movie. It's, it's got it's, a lot of interesting characters in it, but yeah, they never really it, come I mean, together. It's, it's very watchable, but yeah, it's disjointed. Boy, Michael Rappaport's character in that is off the rails too. I just remember that. Uh, Tales from the Crypt presents Demon Knight comes out. Billy Zane and William Sadler. I watched he, it on. I watched it on uh, VHS. 
You've got Far From Home, The Adventures of Yellow Dog, which I'm a huge fan of. That's a that's a nice family movie, too. Um, I like Murder in the First, Chuck. Uh, great performance by Kevin Bacon. Came out in January, got very forgotten later on award season. But he's very good in that about an Alcatraz uh, right. A, a, a courtroom courtroom drama with Christian Slater and Gary Oldman. It's a decent yeah, movie. It is. And you've got Highlander. The final dimension comes out, Chuck. Uh, uh, no, not good at all. Before Sunrise, the first of the series of movies with Richard Linkletter, Ethan Hawke and Julie Delpy and Miami Rhapsody, which basically had Sarah Jessica Parker kind of like Woody Allen in that movie. And that movie kind of tanked a little bit as well. In you know, Christopher Lambert, who, you know, the original Highlander, they caught lightning in a bottle. Yeah, I, Right. And then the se- the sequels, none of them are good. And he's like, when you watch him, you almost say to yourself, can the guy even act? Like, no. I mean, yeah, I, don't, I never understood how he got cast because he, yeah. he, he he's stiff. He he's can't just, read. He's just like a, he has this like weird screen presence and he's he's stiff as a board. But Highlander's a really good movie. Yeah. January of 1996, there are a ton of movies here, Chuck, and one is a classic, and we'll start with that, and then I'll go through the other ones, and you just tell me when to stop. Um, 12 Monkeys does come out January 5th of, uh, of, of 1996. Really wide, good. Wide release. It's just a fantastic movie. Yeah, Borderline very classic. Thought, very thought-provoking. Great great ending, and Madeline Stowe in that as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, tell, me, tell me when to stop, because there's a lot here. Biodome with Pauly Shore. Don't be a menace to South Central while drinking your juice in the hood. A spoof of yeah. uh, all, all the inner city movies. Dunstan checks in, which is a monkey movie with Jason Alexander Two if by Z uh, do if by Z a disaster with Sandra Bullock and Dennis Leary um, bed of roses. I know there are some fans of that movie with Christian Slater and Marissa Tom- uh, and uh, Mary Stewart Masterson um, big bully with uh, Rick Moranis and Tom Arnold. And there's a couple others, but I'll, I'll end right I, here. I like big bully and biodome is my God. I mean, it's a disaster. You've you got to be a hardcore Paulie, Paulie Shore fan to like or that. Steven, you know or say, Stephen Baldwin. You know, fan, I just want to say something about D- Dennis Leary. Dennis Leary, I loved the uh, Rescue Me on FX. I was mm-hmm. a, one of my favorite shows. But he really, I mean, he is really, really, really an acquired taste of a talent. No, he is. Most of the time, I do like him. Like, even in the, I thought he was the best stuff that came out of the Andrew Garfield. You got to be careful casting Spider-Man him. movies. You got to be yeah. careful casting him because you could really alienate your audience big time casting him in anything. But did you hear what I said? I actually liked him in the Spider-Man movies with Andrew Garfield. I thought that was good casting. He was he was the the, the dad um, in in the in those Spider-Man movies. I thought that was yes. good. Okay. Chuck also in January. Um, uh, we're fans of Peter Weller. He came out with Screamers in 1996, the sci-fi action movie. Um, and and I, I have vague recollection of that film, but nothing that really stands out. Me neither. Um, from Dusk Till Dawn, though, does come out in January of 1996. I like it a lot. You know, it's interesting about that film. You know, Tarantino wrote the screenplay. Robert Rodriguez directed it. And uh, it, it plays like two completely different movies that merge into one another. First half is this really almost a, somewhat of a disturbing uh, film because – the the uh, the Tarantino characters is is disturbing. It's mm-hmm. a disturbing character, and uh, then Clooney's it, good here though. Clooney is Clooney's good. He's really movie. good. Yeah. But then when it gets to the bar, and that's Texas town, and it becomes a full blown vampire movie. Man, it's entertaining as hell. A lot of fun. A lot of fun. Yeah. I haven't seen it in a really long. I like time. it a lot. Yeah. Also, an eye for an eye. Ha- Harvey, Car- Harvey 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 uh, Keitel is the priest. He's really yeah. good in it. Um, 
and great Salma Hayek in that too. Let's not forget that. Eye for an Eye Chuck came out in January. That's with Sally Field, another January release for her. That's when Kiefer Sutherland uh, kills her daughter and uh, her and Ed Harris try to exact revenge. I don't know if you remember that movie. You're not a big Sally Field schlocky fan, are you? Well, I, I, mean, I, I mean, I love her in Beyond the Poseidon Adventure. We know that. <laughs> January of 1997, <laughs> as uh, we'll do the last few years here in the thanks 90s. For the, thanks for the setup. Um, thanks for the, the, uh, the softball. Chuck, how, how good a movie is The Relic? How good is it? Yeah. Refresh my memory. Well, it's uh, the monster that's in the museum on opening night that comes out. Tom Sizemore, Penelope Ann Miller, directed by Peter Himes. I don't remember it very well. You don't remember it. Uh, I actually enjoyed that movie, too. I, yeah. I was wondering what your okay. thoughts were of that. Uh, no recollection of it. Okay. No, how about, I don't. How good of a performance is Ray Liotta's in Turbulence? It's an interesting movie. Uh, how, what's, what's the name? Lauren uh, Holly. Lauren, Lauren Holly. Holly. I remember seeing that in a theater. It's a, it's a nice, enjoyable time it's a genre. Killer. It's a good genre movie, obviously. You're yes, a it's a nice little genre movie. Um, and I do like the fact that and it was it, nice it, they gave her a chance to star in a movie like that. I wish the promotion of the movie would have held back on knowing that Ray Liotta was bad, because if you watch it unknowingly, they yeah. kind of leave you guessing, is is this guy going to help? Is he bad? Yeah. Um, and, and I wish they would have played off that a little bit more. And it's got good performances by Hector Elizondo and Rachel Tickerton in it as well. Um, but yeah, that's a kind of a loss. I think they made a couple of bad sequels off of that movie, too, with none of the stars that went straight uh, to video, of course. Um, Beverly Hills Ninja, Chuck. Uh, Chris Farley fan? Nicolette Sheridan, too. Yes, that's right. It's, it's really silly. Interesting movie comes out January 17th. It's too, it's too silly to be enjoyable, actually. This will give you an indication of where Eddie Murphy's career was at the time. A movie I think we both liked. Metro came out January 17th of 97. I actually liked that movie, and it got, like, hammered. Yeah. Well, I think people thought it was going to be, well, where's Eddie it, Murphy in this movie? And it's, and it's basically forgotten. Yeah. Um, right? Yeah, it, it is. It's not bad. It's got some really good action scenes in it, too. Yeah, I like it. Um, also out is the reteaming of everybody from a fish called Wanda called Fierce Creatures, which absolutely kind of tanked at the theaters in Love and War, the war movie with Sandra Bullock and Chris O'Donnell, uh, which nobody went to see. Meet Wally Sparks, which was towards the tell end, Chuck of uh, the success of Rodney Dangerfield meet Wally Sparks was met by no one. Um, that's for sure. And then you had the special edition of star Wars came out January 31st, 1997 Chuck. And that was when uh, Mr. Lucas started tinkering with his movies. And they yeah, I, remember going back. I remember going back to see them. And uh, I think I might've gone midnight showing and got really excited to go see that movie. If I, and uh, another good movie waiting for Guffman comes out. And that was the Christopher guests. One of his, uh, a great ensemble cast comedies in January as well. Okay. All right, Chuck, last two years here. Let's see if we can get a classic in 1998. Firestorm with Howie Long. We got a classic there or we don't? No, but here's the deal with that. He did. Um, he played the henchman to Travolta in the John Woo movie with Christian Broken Slater. Arrow. Yeah, Broken, Broken Arrow. Arrow. Yeah. And so the studio was like, oh, you know, Howie this guy's Long. has got presence. Yeah, right. So they signed him to like a three picture deal. He does Firestorm, which is not very good. No, and it's Die Hard in a Fire in the Woods. And then his career went, his movie career went bye bye. Yeah, pretty much. And that was it. Um, how about Fallen? Is that a good movie with Denzel Washington? It's an okay movie. That's when the the, the uh, executed killer goes to body to body, and he's yeah. trying to check him down. 
Yeah. Yeah. It's it's too confusing. It's um, a paycheck movie. It is. Half Baked comes out with Dave Chappelle, um, which has a strong following, as a matter of fact. Yeah. Um, they all, all those all those pot movies do. Well, here's a here's a question. Is Hard Rain a classic? Uh, I like it a lot. Uh, it's interesting because that was the last forte of Christian Slater's movie career. Like as a, as a, as a lead, that movie bombed and it really hurt his career and he had issues in his personal life, but Christian Slater, Morgan Freeman, Ed Asner, Betty White. Uh, I could put that on Blu-ray right now and enjoy the hell out of it. Yeah. Yeah. It's got some fun stuff in it. And, and I love the con like, we both love disaster movies and it mm -hmm. has a really cool concept you know, a heist during a, 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 a hurricane and a flood. I liked it. I liked uh, it a lot, actually. A movie that absolutely tanked was the Dean Koontz thriller Phantoms, which starred Peter O'Toole and a young Ben Affleck. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Really disaster of a movie. Yeah, it was. The Gingerbread Man came out. A Robert Altman directed movie that was based on a John Grisham script that had Kenneth Branagh in the lead there. It was a pretty good movie. Uh -huh. Spice World. Uh, Cashing in on the phenomenon yeah, of cashing in Spice is the Girls. operative phrase. <laughs> An absolute, not uh, anywhere near uh, the the what what the Beatles would do, Chuck, when they would make their debut. Uh, but I knew I know uh, I'm interested in the next your thoughts on the next couple of movies. Um, Desperate Measures with Michael Keaton and Andy Garcia, high concept. It's basically Halloween two. Michael Keaton, yeah. Andy, I, I got to be honest, I don't I don't remember. This is that when well. Andy Garcia's son needs a transplant. There's a killer in the hospital that he rested, that the only person that matches blood is Michael Keaton and Michael Keaton escapes from the hospital. I think, I think I saw it one time. I don't remember it that well. It's interesting you bring that up. Yeah. Uh, Great Expectations also comes out with De Niro and Gwyneth Paltrow in a retelling of that classic story. Um, Zero Effect with Bill Pullman and Ben Stiller. Gia, which had Angelina Jolie um, yeah. in the HBO that, movie. And that, was, that put her on the map. It did. And uh, 1998, what'd you think of Deep Rising? I enjoyed the heck out of it. A lot of fun. Treat Williams as your star here in an abandoned uh, liner. Uh, yeah. And uh, it's directed by the guy who did the mummy, the mummy movie, Stephen Summers. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I mean, it's, listen, it stretches plausibility, but it's fun. It's a heck of a lot of fun. And anytime yeah. Treat Williams can be in a starring role. Yeah, it's fun. fun. All right. We'll round it out here. Chuck, 1999. Not as you see a lot of dumping grounds movies. We haven't found too many classics in those two decades of January movies. But finally, we've got At First Sight, which starred Val Kilman or Mira Sorvino. He's blind in it. That's all I remember. Um, yeah, it, I mean, it, it, I, I didn't see it in a the theater. I watched it on uh, on uh, VHS or DVD. It was an interesting watch. It's not great, but it's all right. I, rem I remember seeing In Dreams in theaters. That started net betting as someone who yeah. can f f find a, a serial killer with uh, Aiden Quinn and Robert Downey Jr. Varsity Blues. Some people might consider that I a like it. sports classic. That came out. Uh, that movie's good. Uh, very good movie. How about Virus, Chuck? Uh, a disaster of a movie with Jamie Lee Curtis and Donald Sutherland trying to thwart a virus on a boat. Yeah, it's bad. Bad movie. Uh, Gloria, the retelling of the Gina Rollins classic. It's Sharon Stone in the lead role there. Doesn't work. Now, Cindy Lumet d directed it, too, and it was just yeah. an absolute disaster. Um, I don't think we're going to find a, a, a classic here, Chuck. You had uh, last but not least, although a very enjoyable movie. A throwback to the old 80s comedies. She's all that comes out January 29th of 1999, which had Freddie Prince Jr. 
and Rachel Lee Cook do you, and Paul Rachel Walker in that movie too. Rachel, you know, know they're going to redo that movie and she's going to play the mother in the, the mother? remake. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I actually that movie's very enjoyable. Very uh can't it, it was a, it, love it was a hit. It yeah. was a hit. Uh yeah, it definitely has a certain sense to it for sure. Yeah. Uh well, that's January in the 80s and 90s, Chuck. Interesting. Um, and and a lot of those movies would be straight to streaming right now. They none of them they would sure would. None of them would get a, a big time release. Maybe 12 monkeys. I don't know, but uh, a lot of interesting movies, definitely a lot of memories in there, which makes you wonder when you, we reflect on some of this stuff and the statement you just made about a lot of stuff would go to streaming. You have to wonder if, if, if Hollywood in the studios at this point have really created a monster they na- may not be able to control, because if you can't have middling projects, what's called word of mouth sleepers, yeah. enter the marketplace, I think you got problems because if you try to. If you try to manufacture, okay, this is a big movie. This is the movie you have to see. And then movies like a Rocky, you know, that people don't see coming. That's the fun of the industry. That's the fun of being a moviegoer. Yeah. You can't just be force fed and told what is the big movie you, uh, that you're going to, that you need to see. And, you know, so many people are not going to catch this stuff on stream. Well, and it's interesting. Absolutely. Absolutely. And the same thing's probably going to happen with Godzilla and Kong. In a couple of months, too, Chuck. I just got a feeling that uh, yeah. that's moving there for a reason. All right, um, we'll do this all over again next week, my friend. Uh, try to get outside and enjoy some some of the sunshine. We've got some sunshine today, so go go have fun. You got it, Mike. Always a pleasure. Thanks for listening to Movie Maniacs. Download one of our archived episodes. Be sure to subscribe to us wherever you listen to podcasts. Podcasts by Federated Media. Podcasts by Federated Media.